Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next guest is. Welcome to another Our Next Guest Is. This is a conversation where we meet the country's leading speakers in the corporate and events world, and we meet the person behind the name. My name is Michael Pope, and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, do tell me who is our next guest. For over 20 years, our next guest has researched how top-performing people harness their passion, achieve their goals, and focus on what's most important to bring the best out of themselves and their businesses. He has discovered the link between best performance and people who are passionate about their life. Inspiring audiences in 33 countries for more than 24 years and speaking to over 1.6 million people, it is no wonder he has won numerous awards, including the highest honour for professional speaking, the Nevin Award, and Keynote Speaker of the Year from Professional Speakers Australia, the speaking industry's peak body. Here today to get us passionate about being passionate, please welcome our next guest, Keith Abraham. Thanks, Carlson, for the kind introduction. Thank you, Michael, for the opportunity to uh, be on your podcast. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the work that you guys do in promoting speakers and and positioning uh, professional speakers with inside organisations and the industry as a whole. You know, it's one of those things that um, it's great to be able to get your name out there, but it's also really important that people understand what value a speaker can bring to an event, to an organisation, and to help them move towards what's important, what matters, and what's going to make a difference to them. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Uh, Can I tell you, you are the first guest that we've had, and you are number 42, who has gone to the core of the business of the keynote speaker. And that's actually something we want to pick up with you. But before we do, and I don't think this will be a difficult question for you, because you do position yourself as, you know, one of the foremost professionals. 101, you need to connect with your audience. And you've spoken to 1.6 million people. So I ask you, name them. Uh, uh, name the core elements or every no, one of the ones? No, 1. I want you to name the 1.6 million people that you've talked to. <laughs> no, no, yeah, okay, so there was, there was 5,869 Mary Beths. I can right. tell you that for a fact. There was, yeah. All right, I'll stop you there. Do take us back before 24 years ago. The young Keith, what was on your horizon leaving school and university? Look, I dropped out of school twice. Uh, You've got to be a special type of child to do that. Uh, My mum got me my first job working in the local council as a weed inspector. In actual fact, I started in water supply and sewage, but I wanted to get out of sewage and uh, work (laughs) my way up to the prestigious. (laughs) It is a shitty job, but somebody has to do it. You know what? I was going to do the 40-40 plan, you know, 40 hours a week or 36 and a half it was, uh, nine-day fortnight and all that sort of stuff. And I went along to a week-long leadership program run by Rotary called Ryla. And a guy stood up at the end of that program. Now, I'm 24 years of age. Uh, a guy stood up and started talking about goal setting. And I'd never heard of it before. Not goal setting. I heard about goals, kicking goals in footy and things like that. But but never heard of goal setting as a principle to help you achieve what's important, what matters, and what's going to make a difference. And I struggled with it. You know, um, They said, here's what we'd like you to do. Go and find a shady tree and write down 100 things you want to achieve in your lifetime. Now, you've got to understand, I've had a week of people telling me I can be anything, do anything, have Mm. anything, and achieve anything. I'm suitably fired up, pumped up, jacked up, and revved up. Mm. And uh, I start my life to-do list, and I write down six things. It was the longest 90 minutes of my life. Uh, You know, the seventh thing I wrote down was finish this list, (laughs) And, um, and it took me about six weeks to get to 100. But one of the things I wrote on that list 
was to actually come back to that leadership program and present. Now, you've got to understand at this point of time, I am petrified of speaking. I go, okay, what do I need to do? I go off, I go and do Toastmasters for a year and I come back the following year and I run the goal setting session. And that's where I fell in love with standing in front of people and sharing ideas and insights. Do you happen to have that 100 item list? Yeah, I still I still do have it. In actual fact, one of the things that I, I do with people in organisations as part of one of my programs is we get them to write down 100 things they want to achieve in their lifetime. And, and I've done that for about the last you know 24 years with people. And the one thing that's popped up out of that, when people write down 100 things they want to do, and by the way, I can get anybody to 100. I don't say that as an arrogant brag, but I have a process that just can get people to 100 goals. So we've measured that we've helped people set about 15 million goals. Mm. But setting them and achieving them is a different thing. Here's what our metrics tell us. 42% of the 100 goals that people set, they achieve in three years. And it jumps up to 72% if we leave it up to five years. And so we just have built this process around how people can achieve their goals faster, easier, and sooner. Get from point A to point B faster, easier, and sooner. You are the guru of goal setting. So in a nutshell, how or why does it make a difference for you to actually externalize your goals and put them on paper in front of you? Yeah. So one of the things here, Michael, is that I think if you haven't got it out of your head, because, you know, in your head, you think of one thing at a time, not multiple things. When you put it onto paper, you start to articulate it. So we've got a, I've got a specific, what I call a goal driver blueprint. Um, depending if I do it as a keynote, it's six steps. I just did it yesterday for a group of 150 uh, financial advisors here in Brisbane. If I'm with a group for a longer period of time, it's a nine-part process. What it does is it combines the three key factors that helps people achieve their goals faster, easier, and sooner. And that is an emotional connection, a mental connection, and a physical connection. What does that look like in reality? Why, what, how? Feel, think, do. Heart, head, hands. And the reason why you need those three elements is so that you are committed, compelled, and connected to that goal. And why do you need that? So every goal is about addressing the uncomfortable, the inconvenient, and the unknown. So the, the question you ask, Michael, is about why is it so exp- important to externalise it? It's when you put that plan together, you start to become committed, compelled, and connected to that goal. And once that happens, you move from interested to committed. The word passion and passionate is a, is a big part of everything you do. And, and I often believe people throw the word passion around, but often when they, they say they're passionate about something, I think they're just more excited about it rather than actually devoted to whatever it is they like. Correct. How, how do you define passion and how do you help people find their passion in life? Yeah, great question, Carlson. Firstly, you know, if, if I could never use the word ever again, passion that is, then I'd just supplement it with the word energy. You know, you want to hang around people that have got good energy. So where does that energy come from? It, it, it comes from moving towards what you want and moving away from what you don't want and making sure that you're very clear on what it is that you want personally or professionally in your life. Passion fits into two categories. Um, you either go and pursue your passion and you earn a living, an income, a revenue mm. stream, or you go and earn a living so you can pursue your passion. And that's where people's lives fit into one of those. Now, here's what tends to happen. There are a lot of people out there, and you guys know this better than anybody else, is that it's neither either. They exist and they endure. They don't enjoy 
um, you know, their life. And so my goal always has been a, a process to say, what is it, you know, that you're really passionate about? And in essence, I'll, I'll finish off with this. Lots of people talk about, you know, go and find your why. Well, that, that's, that's a tough question to ask. But here's a better question. What's your driving emotion? Of all the research that we've done over the last nine years, there are eight what I call goal drivers or driving emotions. Of the 135 that you can experience, they break down into eight that are positive and engaging you, uh, that enthuses you, energizes you to pursue what you're, what's most important to you. So given that um, process, Keith, and you've shared this process with obviously hundreds, if not thousands of people over many years. 1.6 million and he can name them all. (laughs) Thank you. What I'd love to know is, is there a memory, is there someone that um, has been in your audience that has actually applied your process and theory and, ha- and, and had some sort of life transformation or, or achieved something they never thought they would achieve? Can you give us an example? Yeah. Want one just from this today that I've got an email from today or somebody from yesterday, <laughs> the day before or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be? I guess, okay, so given yeah. that, someone that actually, what is one of them that really stands out? Like, People have done a lot of smaller things, but is there something that really stands out for you? Yeah, when we did the follow-up research, so one of the things that we did was we got close to 2,000 people to um, do the list of 100. And then we said, we're going to hold on to it. We're going to send it back to you in three years' time. And all we want you to do is just tell us how many you've achieved. That's how we came up with the the number, you know, that 42 goals were achieved over a three-year period. But the conversations that we had as a result of that was based around, you know what, Keith, I, uh, I was old. I never thought I'd own my first home. And I bought my, we bought our first home. And, and people were interested, you know, like they said, I've changed careers. I now live in Dubai. I, I've, you know, found my perfect partner, you know, and, and because they were some of the things they wrote down. I got a lovely email from someone recently. And if I can pull it up on my computer here for a moment. And this was for, from a guy, and it just said, uh, just wanted to reach out and say thank you for sharing your content and ideas. Your guidance is inspiring. And ever since we first met in the UK and London uh, at a leadership event, you've helped me grow into be a better person. You've helped me understand the importance of setting goals in my personal and business life, which has helped me focus and achieve more. I'm now happier in my career. Lead a charity inspiring children in their education. I've have a better marriage, understanding communication. I'm a better dad supporting my kids' ambitions and expanded my friendships and building a great network and having fun. So there you go. I read that too because that was an email that's just been sent to me in the last few days. That's fantastic. Keith, I want to change the conversation now because you've basically already given us a keynote speech of the content and anyone <laughs> listening, if you're not already impressed with what Keith has to say from what he's learned over the years, then go to keithabraham.com and there is a plethora of information, much of it free too, by the way, that you can download and get. But I want to talk to the businessman now, the businessman behind Keith Abraham as a brand. Yeah. How has life changed for the keynote speaker from 20 plus years ago when you first started to the kind of work you're doing now? Have the speakers changed? Have their demands uh, from clients changed? And has the audience changed? Definitely. If we look back over the last few years, you know, going into COVID, coming out of COVID, I interviewed 200 CEOs late last year to say, what are you looking for in speakers moving forward? And here's what they said. We have to get people back in a room because we know that speakers have this wonderful ability to engage an audience member and transform an audience member, whether it be through their story or through their insights or whatever it might be. So what I've noticed, 
coming out of COVID is that organisations are looking more for less fluff, more stuff. So in essence, they're getting back to basics. You know, the the person juggling the chainsaw and the bowling ball telling you about some leadership messages um, is is what you were very is, good at that though, Keith. Don't knock it. You were very uh, good. Look, at you know, and pulling rabbits out of my hat. You know, yeah. there's, you know, but what people are looking for now is that we have to get people back. We have to help them connect with one another. We have to help them collaborate with one another. We have to build our culture, and more importantly, we have to help people get very clear on what it is. I, I, I use this quote all the time. We have to starve our distractions and feed our focus. The challenge has been over the last three years is people have fed their distractions and starved their focus. Ever since day one, I've always built my business around how do I add value? Because if I add value, clients will come back to me time and time again. If I build a relationship with them, clients will come back to me time and time again. So that has never changed. But what the client is looking for now is give us more authenticity. Don't give us the show, give us the experience. Don't just give us education, engage us and get people to be engaged in the audience. Out of all the research, has there ever been a um, something that's really surprised you? You were thinking one thing, but actually the research proved something completely different? Yeah, you know, early on in my career, I used to have some customer focus groups or client focus groups. And so I'd bring clients together and we'd sit around a table, have have a bite to eat and lunch and and I would just facilitate a conversation. I'd say, look, how do I go to the next level? You know, you obviously engage speakers who are paid a lot more than, than I get paid. You obviously have a lot more events that you've invited me to. You know, how do I take my business to the next level? How do I become not only a better speaker in your eyes, but what can I do? And what was surprising is what people shared with me. One of the things that I took for granted was I'd just do follow-up calls and I'd sometimes even drop into their office and I'd just do something that was spontaneous just to reconnect with them. And what clients valued the most was that. They didn't value the, the you know, what I thought they needed. Mm. It came back to what they need. And the reason why most speakers aren't invited back, and it's not because they're not good enough, the reason why they don't get back is they don't continue to build the relationship and they they don't think about this as a longer term. You know, I, one of my clients is Toyota. I've worked with Toyota now for, um, so, you know, I've been, you know, you said 24, it's sorry, pushing up 26 years now, but I've worked with them 24 years straight. Mm. And one of the things I said to them three years into our relationship is I say, you use a lot of speakers. So this is the head of Toyota for Australia. So you use a lot of speakers and they're good speakers. Why is it that you keep on using me? I'm grateful, by the way. (laughs) But why is it that you keep on using me and those other speakers don't get invited back? And here was the response from the CEO. said, Keith, you took the time to get to know us. You read the Toyota way. You talk like us. You sound like us. And we have a relationship with you. And you know what, Keith? We like working with people we don't have to continue to tell our story to. Mm. That's great. Do they know you drive a Mazda? <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never had a Mazda. Never had a Mazda. I've had a couple of Toyotas. I've had a lot of Lexuses and I've got a Maserati currently. Fantastic. You're doing well. Thank you for those insights. Any keynote speakers listening are mad if they haven't taken note of that. It's about relationships with clients. Can I ask you to talk 
as though you're talking to clients or PCOs about why yeah. they should have a live keynote speaker in the room, whether it's you or someone else. What is the benefit of having someone in the room face to face? Yeah, connection. You know, it's really simple. See, here's what what's happened during COVID is that um, everybody got a lot of communication, but they lacked connection. And the ability to bring a speaker in is the catalyst to have a deeper conversation and connection with one another. So the greatest challenges that the 200 CEOs are facing currently is that people are not connected with one another and they're not connected with their leader because their leader is, has been this person on the screen. And it's extremely hard to collaborate virtually. The third is that when people don't collaborate, you don't have culture. And so culture has diminished. And you guys know the classic quote, you know, people join companies, but they leave leaders. You know, this thing called the great resignation, the, you know, quiet quitting, the, the repositioning of people. And, and the reason why is that people are not connected to their, to their leader, because let's face it, nobody is going to put a, uh, send an invitation to their boss to say, say, can I get five minutes with you to talk to you about X? That's what happens in the office. They walk past the, and they knock on the door and say, hey, listen, can I chat with you? I've got this client. I just don't know how to, you know, people will have those little five-minute, ten-minute conversations, but they won't make an appointment to do that on Zoom or Teams. And so that's why people coming back together, as good as virtual is, it, it cannot supersede the opportunity for people to collaborate with one another. And, and that's the serendipitous uh, moments that getting people in a room, having a speaker in front of them, that's why companies need to get people back together. Yeah, I, I'll use the example, Keith, and I totally, obviously, 100% agree, is that would you rather see your favourite band watching them on, online or in a, in a, at a stadium with 10,000 people? Yeah. To, to add to that, Carlson, one of the comments that came from these 200 CEOs was, Keith, we're, we're okay with running leadership programs virtually or a hybrid. You know, you start them off in person, you know, I ran a nine-month program with uh, Mercer in the UK. Um, 60 of their top leaders uh, were with me for, on a journey. Part of it was in person, you know, to kick it off. And so organisations see, do see the value of using professional speakers as the person to come in and do some things virtually with their team in between. Because get, let's face it, it's never been cheaper to train and develop people because there's no airfares, there's no coffee break, there's no room hire. Mm. Now, I need to say this, that, and, you know, obviously people listening to this can't see my studio setup. You know, when COVID first hit, um, I'm normally booked 12 months in advance. So I speak at 100 conferences a year. Um, 70 conferences got cancelled in 10 days. I mm. rocked backwards and forwards in the corner for a day. I got on the drink for two days. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, and then I decided to learn this thing called virtual. Never done it before. I started with one camera. And, you know, today I've got three cameras, two plasma TVs, got an overhead camera that does, you know, I can put music on, I can do picture in picture. That was my best sales interview. My best sales interview was showing people what we could do virtually. But it wasn't about let me present virtually. It was how do I create an experience virtually? And so I'm sitting still at about 60-40. 60% are in person, 40% are virtual. Because I've got clients in the UK who say, we're happy beaming you in because of your setup. Don't be the speaker. I saw a lot of speakers do this. You know, they've got their webcam, which is the camera in their computer, 
somebody's holding a torch on their face and <laughs> and they what's and they go I've got a virtual setup. No, you've got an Elmer Fudd setup. <laughs> the way you've hidden your torches amongst your audience of 100 people there is amazing, Keith. I tell you what, if you haven't heard Keith Abraham before, I think the last 20 minutes or so have been a, a real insight into the professionalism of a keynote speaker. I think of two things when I think of Keith Abraham. One is the content that he's learnt from the years of exploration of businesses. But then there's also this side of the value of having a connection with someone live in the room or as a second best, let's say, virtually. I wish we had more time. There's a blog that you do regularly uh, with topics such as, are you attracting or seeking approval or better to become than to change? Or when was the last time you received a love letter? And thank you for the one you sent me too, by the way. Um, <laughs> You're most welcome. There's four books, Focus, B, It Starts With Passion, Living Your Passion. Let's make a date to meet in a year and continue this conversation. But for now, thank you so much, Keith. It's been so enlightening and, uh, and reinvigorating. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Thanks, Carlson. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Keith. And if you are having a live meeting and would like to get Keith speak to your team and uh, help your team get more focus and direction, please go to keithabraham.com. You've been listening to Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC, Michael Pope, with our next guest is. More guests can be found through iTunes or just visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break.